in this particular episode, I want to talk about how to good hire good salespeople. So for those of you, if you're not really somebody who's going to be hiring salespeople, I want you to listen to this because it's also how you can present yourself more effectively. So if you're someone who's thinking about making a career move or you're thinking about going into a new role in the future uh, and you're thinking about getting hired, this applies to you. So listen up. Uh, I've got some really important stuff to talk to you about. Uh, we wanted in this particular live stream to speak specifically about how to hire good salespeople for your organization. Why? Uh, we've been doing a poll over the last week and I've been looking at also at some industry statistics. 60% of businesses have been uh, affected in a negative way in this pandemic uh, from a commercial perspective. So the commercials of most organizations is, is revenue is down. Uh, and so one of the quickest ways to counteract that is obviously to be looking more at your business development, looking at your go-to-market. Uh, there's been lots of conversations about pivoting organizations. Uh, pivot in the context of this session would mean sell a different product to your existing customers. So a lot of organizations are still buying. You're still buying your groceries. You're still buying your food. You're still paying your rent. You're still paying your energy bills for your house. So those kinds of industries haven't really been affected in a big way. Um, uh, obviously, cafes and restaurants that have had uh, mandatory restrictions imposed on them, their businesses have been affected. Um, and so you might not be, your household spending, you might not be spending on going out to dinner or eating out or eating takeaway food. You're spending more on groceries uh, and eating home more often and eating with family, uh, not doing um, you know, those expensive social activities. So you can sort of start to look at the economy and look at what industries are increasing and what industries are decreasing. So for your organization, it's important that if your customers can't buy from you, either because... Um, that there are specific restrictions, uh, like, like they're an industry that's been told to close, like a gym or a cafe or a restaurant, excuse me, or a club, um, then we can start to think about, okay, we still do have loyal followings. We still do have databases of customers. Pivot means, can we sell a different product to the customers that we have or the people that are in our network? Or can we start looking at other networks? Uh, there's obviously lots of businesses that have gone and just started making hand sanitizer and selling hand sanitizer because they can't sell their existing product or they're trying to grow their organization. So in this specific video, I wanted to talk to you about the people that are gonna do that for you. I wanted to talk about how to hire good salespeople, how to hire good people that are gonna help your organization uh, grow and specifically grow your revenue. So this is part of a two-part series. I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna continue this session tomorrow uh, in 24 hours from now. We're gonna talk more in depth about that. Uh, so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Kobe Simmon. I'm the CEO here at the Best Practice Group of Companies. Uh, we've got a, we, you know, we're really passionate about helping organizations grow, improve, have good, good processes in place, good reporting systems for data, understanding process improvement and efficiency, helping you to grow your organization. I'm personally very passionate about your customers. I'm passionate about helping you with all of the content that we produce to improve your customer's experience, and that's going to help you get more word of mouth, word of mouth referrals and help you grow your organization, help you do more of the work that you love doing. So if you have got questions, uh, please ask. Use the comment section on YouTube. I've got a dashboard here in front of me. So hey, Stan. Hey, Luke. I've got Stan there on two platforms. Uh, so for those of you watching either live on YouTube or watching live on LinkedIn, please use the comment section there to ask questions. Hit that like button so that I know that, um, that, you, that I've got your attention. Um, it's a live q and I'm here for you guys. I want to help you guys. So if you've got a specific challenge, I've got a question for you. Um, if you could let me know what's on your mind right now. What's on your mind? Uh, let me know in the comments. 
and then uh, we can talk about that sort of stuff and I'll, and I'll go through those sorts of things. So um, I'll, I'll go through and answer your questions. Okay, um, there's a great book by Ben Horowitz, ben Horowitz called The Hard Thing About the Hard Things. At the back of that book, there is a great, uh, it's about four or five pages of questions and they are questions for the head of sales. So I've been using that list to help consolidate my thoughts around A, myself as the CEO and ultimately the leader of the sales team in our organization. And then also what are the other things that I can be doing to grow that team? So I'm very specifically focusing right now on growing the sales team. Uh, we've just had a new recruit sign a contract. Uh, that person starts in two weeks. We're going to go back to market and we're going to keep hiring more people for the account management and sales part of our organization. And specifically what we're looking for is how we can actually continue to improve. So I apologize for the background noise. There's a fully operational factory right on the other side of this wall. Uh, we did have a flood earlier this week with uh, a huge amount of rain. And so they're doing a cleanup outside. So apologize if there's any background noise. If you can't hear it, that's all good. But um, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's what's going on. So I um, so wanted to talk to you about um, what Ben Horowitz has documented in the back of that book is questions for the head of sales. Now, if you're somebody in a sales position or if you're somebody who hires salespeople, if you're somebody who's a senior leader, it's very important, I think, to be using that checklist to actually go through and be asking yourself the questions. It divides really, uh, I guess, the, the management of a sales team and the management of yourself as a salesperson into three key parts. One is, uh, what do you do to keep, you know, what are you doing to keep the energy up and keep yourself motivated, assuming that you're in a role? So what are your data, what data are you tracking? What numbers are you watching? Uh, what are you doing with respect to your pipeline, lead generation, uh, incubating leads, uh, you know, working out who to not to spend time on quickly and then work your way through those steps. It's talking about how to actually then manage the whole team um, and then how to replenish the team as the team turns over. Average industry turnover has organizations turning over at about 30, you know, not as low as 25%, but 30 to 40% per annum. So if you look around all the people in your organization, in, if you're at the top, uh, in three years time, that team will be different. It will be very much different. And if you think about the colleagues that you've worked with in your organization over the last three to four years, uh, or that you've changed organizations, then you're part of that statistic of turnover. So there's an assumption there that people are going to turn over um, on a regular basis. So it is important to be continuing to invest in sales. So if you're thinking, sorry, in training, continue to invest in training. And so with your sales team, with your business development team, we want to be thinking about what we're doing on a regular basis. So Ben Horowitz talks about that. What's your sales training program? What internal training are you doing with your sales team on a regular basis to keep them focused, to keep them maintained, to keep them focused on the right things, learning the right things and growing and developing so that you can improve the efficiencies across your sales and business development activities. A lot of people don't think about that, but yes, of course you can. You can make your sales processes more efficient. You can make your sales processes uh, you know, turn into a better customer experience for your customers, uh, be more beneficial. Uh, you can obviously be constantly analyzing that process to work out how you can add more value into that exercise, particularly now during this pandemic where sales is becoming quite difficult because we've got to do a lot of it remotely, uh, like we are doing right now, a lot of broadcasting. So start thinking about that. So I'd highly recommend, uh, you know, tip number one, get yourself a copy of The um, Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Go straight to the back of that book and read questions for the head of sales. It's a great checklist. 
We've turned that checklist into our own version, uh, if you like. So we've built a business development manual that we're using inside. It's like our internal policy for business development here at Best Practice. I have been promising for weeks, we are working on that guide. We're gonna turn it into a public document. We're gonna put it up on our website and you guys will be the first to know when that comes out. If you haven't checked out some of the other guides, specifically after you, you know, we're talking about hiring salespeople in this particular video, um, I want you to also understand that you can go and check out the winning formula for recruitment. That's a free guide. Go to bestpractice.biz forward slash guides and you can scroll through and see the free guides. Just click the button, they open straight up. Uh, you don't need to put your details in. Later on in the document, as you're flicking through the pages, a little pop-up comes up and it'll ask you for your email address. Then you can get notifications when we release more information if you, if you haven't already uh, got on our email database. Okay, let me get into a couple of things. So if, you know, in thinking about hiring salespeople, in thinking about, you know, what we're going to be doing, ask yourself this question. What is the specific number? You know, yes, we want to hire good salespeople or you want to be a good salesperson. What's the very specific number that the organization is looking to have improved? Is it a specific revenue number? So is it closed the value of closed deals or is it part of an account management process? Is it the growth in an account? So is the person going to be an account manager or are they going to be an outbound salesperson? Are they going to just receive leads, take orders? Are they going to be an order taker? And remember that sales is not just necessarily in big corporate organizations. We could also be talking about a bartender or a server in a restaurant who's serving tables. Uh, you know, we can talk, be talking about a customer service person in an organization, uh, the person that answers the phone for car insurance. So think about your organization and think about who the people are. I want you to think, you've got to think first before you go to market to hire good salespeople or choose someone from internally. I want to know specifically the number that you want that person to drive. For us here at Best Practice, we obviously do lots of marketing, lots of social media, and you guys know that already. But what that generates is a lot of orders. So it generates a lot of warm leads coming into the organization from people who have found our content, understand what we do, want to buy one of our services. They want to buy our recruitment. So they want to talk to a recruiter. They want to they want to use us to help them find great people for their organization. They want to help with psychometric testing. So they want to do some evaluations of their team and work out their team strengths and weaknesses and how they can grow and develop their team. Uh, you know, they want, might want help with business improvement. They might want business coaching. We've obviously got those services. And if, you know, you guys have consumed our data and said, yeah, actually, I really want you guys to come in and help us specifically. I've consumed lots of the generic content. So we get these warm leads. Now, that all sounds great. It's lovely to get warm leads, and that's why we do it. But it also doesn't steer our organization necessarily in a direction that we might want to go. So if there are specific accounts that we want to win and, and we want to work with a specific client, it takes a lot to get that client's attention. So we've started adding people to our sales team that are uh, what we would call a national key account manager. And so we actually do account plans and I'm going to be going through some account plans after this session. And then after this session, you know, we're going to look at specific companies that we're going to target, specific clients we're going to target, specific work that we're going to target. And we're going to go through that. So what I'm starting to unpack for you guys is that there's really two key, there's two types of salespeople, if you like. There's the outbound salesperson who goes and chases accounts, generates their own leads. And there's, there are what we would call a order taker, if you like. And order takers are fine, but they take the orders of the warm leads coming in. And then they basically will go and ensure that those, those leads are treated accordingly. Um, and people are given proposals and, the, and, and we do the follow-up and the deals. 
we get lots of inquiries. Hey, I'm just interested to know how much the price is. Um, and in the past, we've thought that that might turn into work. So we do a lot of work now to ensure that if they're just looking for a price just to get an estimate in their head or something for their budget, how much is something, um, then we can give them that information really quickly and easily. We've built a calculator on our website for that. So, so that helps us actually filter out the people that are not in the market to buy right now. Uh, and that, that, that means that our order takers can be a little bit more effective. So really when, you know, in terms of thinking about the person that you want to hire, I've not found somebody who's very good at reaching out, cold calling if you like, and somebody who's good at order taking. I've found that they typically are two very different people. And I'm going to give you a quick label, and you might have heard this before for those two people, hunters and farmers. So myself personally, I'm a hunter. So I'm happy to walk up to somebody or walk up to somebody, you know, in the dark, introduce myself, start talking. You guys know that I can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. And so I'll strike up a conversation with anybody. I love meeting new people. You know, I go and introduce myself into new networks, to new, you know, organizations, different sports. Uh, you know, I just, I just find, you know, meeting new people is really interesting. And, you know, I get my kicks out of that. And so I'm what you would call a hunter. So the question for you is when you're starting to think about hiring great people or if you are a business development or salesperson, are you a hunter or a farmer? Are you somebody who's not really sort of inclined to just walk up and start talking to people? Um, you know, and maybe I lack a little bit of self-awareness, but I'm happy to walk up and talk to people. So I, I fit more into the hunter category. Uh, but there are definitely people who fit more into the farmer category. And so some of the people in our sales team, and there's a couple of them, they're more farmers. And so they need the introduction. So I'll make the introduction. I'll open up the network. I'll open up the door. I'll go in and bang on the door, introduce myself, start talking to people, filter out who we can chase and not chase uh, in terms of helping them uh, achieve their goals and their benefits in life. And I'll do that hunting. Um, and, but then there are a few people that work with me. They come along behind and they do the farming. So once they've got the introduction, once they've been given a warm introduction into a specific place, they can actually farm that account and grow that account uh, and, and help that account achieve more of the things that they want to achieve. And obviously we provide services as part of that process. So the first thing for you to decide in terms of hiring good salespeople is, do we want a hunter or do we want a farmer? And you've got to have a good mix of both. Specifically, if you've got a hunter like me, who's not very good at the next three things that I'm going to talk about. So if you are taking notes, I want you to think about these three concepts, the concept of follow up, follow through, follow back. Uh, this is the next book recommendation. I've recently re been reading a book by Ryan Serhant called Sell Like Serhant. Um, it's a new book. He's a new guy. He's a, uh, a New York real estate broker. Um, really lovely guy. I've been following some of his social media. He's produced quite a well thought out book. Uh, he's only a young guy. He's clearly had a lot of help putting the book together. It's well structured. It's got some good advice, but it's got his tips and tricks in terms of how he has you know, developed himself in his sales career. Um, and what we do know, and he knows this and I know this, is that you will accelerate a lot faster if you teach the principles that you've got to implement. So, so you will, if you can teach and you can implement, then you're going to accelerate much faster. So he knows by writing a book and talking about what he's very good at that he's only going to get better uh, from a talent perspective. But he talks about those three categories. So we've, we've talked about it. We've got hunters and farmers in two categories, and we want to decide whether we want to hire those people in our organizations or you want to be that person. The next thing we need to think about is, is that person, do we need that person to be good at follow up, follow through, follow back? Now, follow through and follow back, follow through, I'm not very good at that. Um, I have a lot on my plate. I'm super busy. And the follow through for me really is, 
I'm becoming more effective. I've had to hire somebody to help me with that. So I've got Caitlin, my executive assistant. We talk at 8 a.m. every morning. We had a great chat this morning. We're going through the list. And she's like my, my extra two hands, if you like, in helping me do my work. And she's helping me with the follow through. She writes things on her list. She goes through the list. She follow through, follow through. And then she follows up, if you like. So there's follow up. And follow up is one of the most critical parts of sales. And farmers are typically very good at that follow up account management. Um, hunters, maybe not so much because you're always the thrill of the meeting the new person. So there's the follow up, there's follow through, and follow through is doing what you said you would do, promising to do what you said you would do. And that's where Caitlin really helps me. And then there's follow back. And follow back might be a new introduction. So you met somebody in a group, and I met somebody uh, a couple of months ago, talked to them a few times, talked to them on the weekend. What I've got to do is keep following back with that person, coming back to that person every couple of months because they're not in the market to buy right now, but they do buy the products and services that we sell. And so I've got to start doing that follow back. And so uh, when you're starting to look for a person, an account manager, a salesperson, a business development person, or be that person, it's very clear to sort of touch on those couple of parts. Um, we can, you know, we've got heaps more to go into. We're going to do this as part of a two-part series. I am conscious of time. So I do, you know, I do have a question for you guys. Has this been helpful and have you got anything to add? We're going to cover tomorrow in the next session that we're going to do tomorrow more on selling and business development. So if you're coming to this recording specifically on LinkedIn and you got this far through the presentation, it's important to understand that if you are out of work or if you haven't got a role and you've watched this presentation, that selling yourself in an interview is just as important. So it's very important that if you want to get a role you, you can be a farmer, for example. So you can wait for the job advertising on Facebook or Seek or LinkedIn and you can wait for job advertising. That would be being a farmer because you're, you're going to make the up. So somebody says, yes, I'm in the market for a role. You're going to go in and compete with everybody. But if you're a hunter then and you hunt for a role, and I try to talk about that on our LinkedIn and also on our TikTok account, I try to talk about how to go and get the job that you want. Go and hunt for it. Because when you're hunting and you're out there, there's less likely to be competition. So if you're somebody that has found yourself out of a role or out of employment, or also you can see people that are out there, again, when you're looking for a business development person, go hunting in the marketplace. And our headhunters in our recruitment business in best practice talent are very good at that. So rather than just putting an ad up and advertising and then just accepting whoever comes in the door, sometimes we'll actually say, no, there's a very specific set of skills, talent, and person, and they may not be in the market for a role not right now, but we're going to go headhunting, and we're going to go looking for a very specific person for that role. So you're more inclined to control your destiny by hunting for customers and hunting for people for your team. And now that we are getting back into global professional competitive sport, you're starting to see some shifting because teams are saying, we're going to go and hunt that player. And we're going to chase that specific player for our team. We're going to bring him onto our team and you'll have a talent scout or you'll have a coach that's out there, not just who wants to come and play on our team, because when you put ads up for roles, who wants to come and play on our team? Now there may be people following you very closely and hunters might be looking out for that. So the hunter might be the first person in the door but otherwise, you're just an order taker. You're like, all right, I'll see who's in the market right now. And, you know, I'll try and pick the, from the best of the people out there. But the hunting is going to control your destiny. So in terms of how you hire good salespeople and good business development people, think about whether they're a hunter or a farmer, whether they're an order taker. But if you really want to control the destiny of your organization, 
for the for the next couple of months through this global pandemic and this economic crisis then hunting is really important because there are still people in the market buying your products and services and it's your job as a hunter to go and find those people so if you're not very confident with that then that's something to really be working on yourself um, and and putting yourself out there uh, specifically okay so are there any questions uh, it's a much much smaller group today um, we've had a bit of success in terms of managing the background noise. Um, our studio is not quite finished yet upstairs in the new office and the office is starting to fill up as we come back to work here at Best Practice. So we've moved into our foyer. Uh, so um, Cullen, what's the balance between hiring a ready-made salesperson or hiring someone with potential and training? Um, Cullen, that's a great question. Gary Vaynerchuk's got a really interesting quote with this. Um, it's harder to parent adopted children. <laughs> So it's harder to parent adopted children. So look, I think that a ready-made salesperson is good. And, in, and if you're very clear when you go out to market about, I want this person to do hunting. So, you know, knowing what I know about your business, if you were hiring, if you were considering hiring somebody to help you do your role, I would be looking to hire somebody who can uh, subtly and diplomatically um, in a nice way, start reaching out to those key people that you want to target, um, you know, in, in that legal community. So in terms of um, they are all still in the market, they are all still earning money, uh, there's all still litigious activities going on. And so for your products and services, you could actually be looking, I would be looking for a ready-made person who has been selling into that industry that can then come and sell your products and your services into that specific industry. So I think for you specifically in your business, a ready-made salesperson that is specifically a hunter because then you can work out who you want to specifically target and it's they're going to be their job to just basically be making introductions, have their own Rolodex um, and understand who's in the market for your services, introduce your services. What you may then find is that getting the introduction, you know, going into the partners and directors and then getting in the introduction to the teams of people so that you can get almost an exclusive uh, verbal introduction by the boss. Um, you know, from time to time, we do that here in our office. So someone will approach me, not to necessarily sell to me, but to get the exclusive uh, introduction to anybody as they come into the market. And, and that would be the case, say, I heard an example yesterday for, for an accountant um, and so our accountant was here in our office yesterday for a meeting and he picked up a couple of referrals of people in our team. And so he might actually do a fair bit of stuff for me pro bono because he knows he gets referrals uh, into people in our team. So uh, it becomes a nice little account, account management relationship. I still pay for his services, but he gives us extra value because he knows when he touches base here, he picks up a little bit of extra work. So I think for you guys, um, um, as your team builds out, as your team grows, I do think it's important to always have somebody with potential and be training them um, and starting to look at that. So as you um, have people join the team and the person we've just hired who is starting in two weeks um, is not ready-made, uh, but they've got a little bit of experience and they've more than that, they've got an interest. So here's hack number three. If you want, you know, there's three parts and I'll summarize those. Uh, we use this little process called Get It, Want It Capacity or GWC. So when you're training a, you know, a junior person, like you said there in your question, Cullen, uh, is that we would look at, do they get it? Do they want it? And do they maybe don't have all of the capacity. They're not fully trained yet, but we can train them. But they've got to get it and they've got to want it. And, and I can think about hundreds of mistakes that I've made through my career where I've tried to pitch somebody on doing a particular role, but they get it. They didn't get it and they didn't want it. 
And so, you know, doing that analysis, you know, with somebody who's a junior person that you want to train and bring on board and, you know, have helping you, you know, do they get it? Do they, you know, are they really getting it? Are they becoming more efficient? And then if you step them up a level, do they get what they need to do at the next level? Do they understand the number? And can you give them the, you know, the knowledge, uh, the experience um, and, and start measuring their competency around that? So you've really got to, there's two parts to training people, uh, you know, and this is generic for any kind of training, but you really want to give them knowledge, then experience in a safe environment where they can fail and they can figure out what they need to do. And that's one of the things that I notice that businesses aren't often prepared to take that risk, that risk of failure. So how I measure that in my head is I say, I'm always deploying $20,000 worth of experiments every month. So I know that 20 grand a month is going to be wasted on a three or four different people that sit in that and I'm letting them fail and I'm letting them make mistakes because it, you know, it's the mistakes that we make that gives us our experience. You know, we know how to walk, how to talk, how to deliver because we've been trial and error and trial and error. And every human is the same. You can't give somebody training and, and not let them practice and expect them to deliver 100% results. So that's probably the two approaches. I think for your organization, Cullen, I'd be looking for hiring, you know, looking to hire a couple of hunters, working out a good remuneration package, you know, whereas there's base plus commission. Um, I'd be doing that first. And then I would, you know, once you see the behaviors you need, particularly you, you're a good business development person, having somebody come through that gets it and wants it, it's a little bit junior and starting to show them, you know, create some thirst for knowledge in that person. So if you can have people that work around you that are thirsty for knowledge and the thirsty, they've got a target, they know the target, they're passionate about that, then you can start to actually grow a team around you. So I hope that helps. Um, okay. Uh, any other questions? I can't actually see any comments on YouTube at this stage. So um, I think, or is it all very quiet on YouTube today? Um, we've got a half a dozen people on LinkedIn. Uh, so if you have got specific questions there for you guys watching on LinkedIn, now's the time. Um, you get that in-depth analysis. Cullen got it today. So uh, good to have you on board today, Cullen. And thanks very much for your questions. Uh, so um, if there's not any further questions, quick, short, and sharp today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for jumping on board and listening to everything we've got. That was part one of a two-part series. I'll see you all tomorrow. We're going to cover some more of how to hire good salespeople and how to build your sales team. And I promise you in the next week or so, we will have that guide completed. Um, okay, so um, that is a wrap. If you haven't had the opportunity to check out what's going on on best practice talent, please do so. We do do that psychometric testing halfway through the recruitment process that identifies people's strengths and weaknesses. And more importantly, in your organization right now, if you're thinking about how to actually get more out of your team in this global economic pandemic, I recommend running everybody through the PXT test and looking at the team report and it'll get, it'll get some non-subjective uh, results on people so you can work out like what their strengths and weaknesses and what they can do to improve. So uh, if you want to reach out to Kelly John Woods, he can help you with that. Okay, if you don't see me out and about on the streets of Sydney over the next couple of weeks, you will definitely see me. You know how this goes right here next time on Best Practice TV. Thanks for joining us today and I'll see you tomorrow.